There she is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Whoa, Rotunda. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, Nelly. <laughs> Hello, friends and fiends. Welcome to Bugs Need Heroes, a podcast where an artist and an entomologist team up to illustrate the inspiring abilities of insects to create a bug-themed superhero. I'm Amanda. And I'm Kelly. Before we get started creating this bug-themed character, what's bugging you, Kelly? Um, nothing. I don't think anything's bugging me. It's been been an okay week. It hasn't been, you know, an amazing week, but it's been an okay week. Uh, I guess just, um putting the show notes together for this episode has been a struggle uh uh, how's new year treating you because according to our schedule this will be out sometime near january oh my goodness i can't believe we're only a couple months away from the new year that is wild Um, uh yeah derek uh only six weeks till your birthday fun fact i'm gonna cut that I know because I was talking to Chelsea yesterday. She goes, I only have six weeks left. And I was like, oh, when you say it like that, it sounds so short. That's a long time. To- it's it, it's funny, though, how things like, you're like, oh, yeah, that's still 100 days away. And then someone says, yeah, it's only three months away. You're like, oh, my gosh, it's so fast. Oh, I've only got I've only got so little time. <laughs> Somehow well, rephrasing it changes how it fits into your brain space. Feels. Yeah, suddenly it's only three months away. So I know we're we're already past Thanksgiving when this episode comes out, but uh, Amanda, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Uh, I believe I'm just here. Uh, I have the benefit in life, which many people do not have, in that both my parents and my in-laws are very close together. So theoretically, I could try to make it to both, but usually my mother-in-law is a kind and beautiful soul and will have like a Saturday luncheon. hopefully it'll just be a really chill have some turkey watch my dad spend way too much time basting a turkey for it to just be okay because turkey (laughs) is okay ever okay and i stand by that opinion oh i love turkey i'm a big turkey fan It's, it's always just okay maybe you got fresher turkeys maybe this is like the the cantaloupe thing where americans don't like cantaloupe it's because we have bad cantaloupe Really? I mean, I no. Also dad like... is bad at turkey. <laughs> Dad's making them cantaloupes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, tur- turkey it can come out really dry, and then some. I've I've been to Thanksgivings before where, and Christmases where the main course comes out first and it's great, but then we're waiting another thirty minutes on sides that no one asked for, and then the main <laughs> dish is cold and not good. So. Oh no! Uh, see, I, I think I'm just a side dishes bishes as it were i i like deviled eggs i like stuffing i oh, like I stuffing. As a kid, i put olives on every finger you know num, 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 num. <laughs> um i i like the sides more than the turkey by like a long ways <laughs> <laughs> i like the turkey the next day when i can make sandwiches yeah i do like a sandwich that's true i yeah. i do like a sandwich <laughs> people people underestimate the joy of a really good sandwich and i absolutely (laughs) like sometimes you just got like a hearty sandwich and you feel like uh dagwood and you're like you're like i'm just gonna stack this huge sandwich and i'm gonna eat it and sometimes just that lettuce that salt that pickle mm, it's just right just right fixes your problems (laughs) clears your skin definitely doesn't clear your skin but (laughs) well i I guess considering we're in the future yeah what what about christmas what do you guys do uh, for Christmas? So we always go to every year something our local zoo puts on called Zoo Lights, which is I love the it already. Zoo puts I they have a count, which I don't know how they possibly could have counted. You know, it's like six million lights, and you know they have like animatronic lights that move, like the crocodile opens and shuts. They have oh cute. Uh, lights that they line up in a row so it looks like something's happening. It's a fun little thing that the Portland Zoo does. If you know, you know. I don't think they're the only ones who do it. But we go every year and so I'm always really excited for Christmas to roll around <laughs> so we can go do the zoo lights because I love zoo lights. Aww. We had to drive through during COVID. Luckily, I have a very small electric car. Um, 
and so you could just drive through the like uh maintenance roads that they have in the zoo mm-hmm. in your car it felt like you were being part of like some secret club you're like Ooh, <laughs> i'm driving on the maintenance roads of the zoo it was fun. that sounds adorable yeah very cute other than that i have no idea because uh that's that's a problem for future me but also mm-hmm. past me if you're listening <laughs> to this <laughs> what a paradox <laughs> Oh, man. We usually go to my in-laws in Boston or near Boston for Christmas, which is nice. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Survivor. So many people on Survivor are from Boston. I'm just going to go ahead and say (laughs) Boston has an unusually high amount of survivors. I wonder why. Uh, Because they're just desperate to get out of Boston, I assume. (laughs) (laughs) Aww. Spoken like a true Westerner. <laughs> I have nothing against Boston. Literally never even been there. Um, I had a one cool. coworker who was from Boston. And the only thing that she would do that was Boston-y as it was when she would get like particularly incensed with the children, it would come out in her speech. Like, you guys are being wicked bad right now. <laughs> I love wicked anything. It's so funny. My uh, husband generally has like a regular Northeast accent, but if you get him going occasionally, that Boston comes out. Yeah, it's, I had it's a, my favorite thing. I had an old boss who was Canadian, and for the most part, his accent had Americanized. Um, but early, early in the morning, because I was their nanny, so sometimes I would travel with them. Ah, uh, to be in my early twenties, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and but he would come, and he, the first thing in the morning, his accent was so Canadian he'd be like oh sorry you want some coffee or whatever and I'd be like now I'm good <laughs> yeah, I don't know why somehow in the morning his like uh accent just really came out really happened mm-hmm. Ac- accents are fun um yeah I've just got that Portland one and uh I don't I don't detect much of a difference between the way you speak and the way I speak no, I think it would come down to colloquialisms. Yeah. And maybe like the pronunciation of a few choice words. Oh, but I I'm see. no wooder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wooder. I had a, a, a New York friend uh, and they always pronounced it uh, Kathy. Oh, that was really the only thing that the, the only New Jersey thing that they did was <laughs> Kathy. I call it coffee. I call it coffee. Oh, yeah. But I'm I'm southern New Jersey and our accent is closer to Pennsylvania, which is why oh, okay. I say mm-hmm. water instead of water. I have to really think about it to make myself say water correctly. <laughs> water seems like one of those words that you can really test someone's native accent based <laughs> on how they say water. Oh, I'd yeah. like water. Anyway, <laughs> I was I was trying to think of a segue between water and our our bug for today, and I just Speaking I guess liquids. You <laughs> might need a lot of water to extinguish <laughs> the fire burning in the belly of the bombardier beetle. Yeah, so we're talking about bombardier beetle this week, uh, which leads me to my first and most important question because I try not to do research before these things because mm-hmm. I want to be as naive and blank. As perhaps some of our audiences about the uh, ways of the bombardier beetle. So my first and most important question is, of course, is the word bombardier French? <laughs> I, <see. laughs> I actually forgot about the etymology for this. That's like the subcategory of this podcast. Is I where know. does that word go oh, from? <laughs> the, the, the chemistry for this week was so intense you were distracted my... by it is it is french bombardier is french oh great um, okay well so podcast done then over we can end the podcast <laughs> uh. <laughs> so like i said i don't do research so the only thing i really know is that these little guys go around and they explode that's it that's all i know they um yeah they so much much like the their namesake bombardier which in french does mean canon <laughs> so <laughs> there's your etymology for the podcast um they well they they create an explosion they themselves do not explode <laughs> that's probably a big 
Right. They're not they're not pulling a uh what was it, a Voltorb in Pokemon that was like self-destruct. Oh. You know what when I was looking at this stuff, I I tried to do cultural references as well, and I thought for sure there'd be a Pokemon bombardier beetle, and there's not. Yeah, that seems like an untapped animal for sure. That'd They've moved on now. They're making Pokemon. trash bags into Pokemon now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> They've moved away from bugs and birds, and now it's just Mistake, weird. Mistake, in my opinion. They gotta do whatever they can to get back to the animal Pokemon. Well, the whole point they, of Pokemon in, yeah. originally was to enjoy the animal. And insects, to I think, force part, animals part to fight, as is <laughs> as every is child's dream. <laughs> so what one of my I guess one of my favorite not depictions, but sort of depictions of a bombardier beetle. Have you ever seen Starship Troopers? I have, but not since I was probably in my early twenties. So uh, ten years ago. It's a wonderful cult sci-fi classic in the form of books, comic books, movies. There was a uh, animated TV show for like I think one year. Oh man, gosh! There's an animated TV show of anything for a period there. They're like, oh yeah, I think we discussed briefly like the Men in Black cartoon. Oh like, right, right. Anything could become a cartoon at least for a season. One year, yeah, one season. But they they had those big bugs that shot plasma out of them, and that kind of reminds me. I think that's the closest Hollywood depiction of a bombardier beetle we might have. Unless they were in some kind of Bugs cartoon that, again, I did not watch. Right, right, right. I'm sure there's buggy dudes out there that we're unaware of. Yeah. No no superheroes, though, right? No Bombardier being superheroes? Not that I can immediately think of. Um, the only thing I could think was comparable was, at least in the mainstream heroes, is there's a character, Firefly, and he is a... <laughs> a villain and he likes to light fires and he shoots fires out of like gloves uh that's as close as i think you could get i think the problem with comics of course being both the joy and the and the downfall is that it has such a long history and for a long time in the golden age it was just monster of the week whatever came yeah. is what came so you'll get hey i'm the beetle i'm the upside down pineapple cake and you're like there's never been a hero based on cake. And they're like, well, actually, you'll find in the background <laughs> shot of this one frame. So I, oh, yeah, I can't speak definitively. There's always, there's always an actually. There's always an actually. And there's always someone willing to give it. <laughs> <laughs> so as far as I know, there's no there's no mainstream one. Oh, Der- Derek has shared with us some kind of Pokemon called Genesect. And it oh. looks kind of like a bug with a some kind of blasting cannon on top of its head sort of oh oh yeah I've, it does I've seem never have, seen like, this blasting caps kind of around his body yeah i don't i don't know if i count it hard to say i think you'd really need <laughs> the, the the it reminds me of actually let me say this later never mind <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay keep going. <laughs> so, so the the bombardier beetle um these little guys they're small they're all, they're about less they're a half an inch or less in length, so they're kind of tiny. And they've developed this really kind of, I think, I don't even know if interesting is the right word for it, um, defense mechanism, where they create, an ex- basically they create an explosion uh, within their body, and it heats this liquid up. Um, that It's like a mix of hydrogen peroxide and hydroquinones. And it heats up to between 55 degrees celsius to 100 degrees celsius inside their little bodies so it's boiling before it even comes at you comes out it, yeah oh my gosh and um they are able to prep because of the pressure now this is what i think is really cool there's no muscles that shoot this spray out it's all pressurized and it just launches out of this small um opening in their their abdomens and it comes out hot. It can burn you. It'll burn your skin. Uh, and it's caustic besides that. So not just acid. Not just boiling. <laughs> but boiling acid. Boiling. <laughs> oh no! I'm being dropped into a vat of boiling acid! <laughs> well, it's, it's technically not an acid, but we'll, we'll call it a very hot, noxious substance, if that if that works for you, man. Hot. My favorite <laughs> phrase. 
and it's um yeah it can stain your skin it it stains you, skin. it stains your skin too Not and burns just it. burns it but stains it man they really want you to know you've messed with me once never again never again not never even again. don't even think about it if you breathe it in it messes up your rep- your respiratory system so you'll cough um it burns inside your throat and it'll burn your eyes well i assume anything getting in those eyes is just never good <laughs> <laughs> and well i mean like most of our most of our um bug friends that do not want you to eat them they give you a little bit of warning with that coloration so they'll come in usually pro- some part pro- of their body. Oh, you a- almost got it. Aproxa. Nope. A propris. What? Aposematism. Aposematism. You were so close. So close. Amanda, I'm so proud of you. You got you got most of the way something. there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next year. <laughs> Maybe next time. 2023. I'm coming for you. I'm gonna learn. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm so proud. I really am so proud. You were so close. That just tickles me so much. I love that. Um, listeners can't see, but my eyes are teary. That's how proud Amanda I am <laughs> right so, now. She's so proud. She <laughs> looks on like a like the professor to my student. She has waxed on and waxed off enough times that I almost nearly knew a word. <laughs> <laughs> we were so close. <sighs> but but yeah but yeah that so coloration are... says don't eat me and then if you really go that extra step you're gonna get blasted with fiery caustic liquid and it's kind of your fault at that point i mean I at think. that point they gave you the warning it's like a skunk they like they're like out there being all don't do it bro bro i'm trying to tell you <laughs> don't do this you've left me no choice bam right in the face well, what's kind of funny is I was reading a study that came out of Japan where they had two species of toad and they were feeding them, um, trying to feed them different species of bombardier beetle. Well, one one in particular. And um, the toads would readily eat them. And then the bombardier beetle would spray inside the toad's stomach, causing the toad to, to vomit out the beetle, which is a pretty oh. great defense mechanism. And... Um, the, and then he lives. He skitters away. He, yeah, he leaves, and the toad flips its stomach outside of its mouth and Whoa. starts scraping it with its hands to uh. get all that bits out of there. That's how uncomfortable it is. Wow. So one one species of bombardier beetle, and they tested this on two different species of toad, and both had the same reaction. Going, nope, not interested. It's like in a in a cartoon. I'm thinking specifically of Hercules. <laughs> Where he like gets swallowed and then halfway down the throat of the monster, here comes the sword. Oh yeah, but with explosive caustic chemicals. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good time. No. Uh, so how many varieties are there? Like, is there a green one, a yellow one? I want a Pokemon. Collect them all. Oh, of colors. Um, yeah. Usually there. So there's like a black and kind of an orangey brown spotted type. There's all black. There's black with uh, like a yellow, yellowish head, black with an orange head. Usually it's that the thorax to the head is brightly colored. And then the, the abdomen is generally darker in color. And either they're spotted or they're not. Um, some of them okay. come in a metallic color, which I love in beetles. Always. We always love a yeah. metallic beetle. <laughs> I think the one I'm most familiar with is this. It's dark in color with a couple of yellow spots, like yellow legs, yellow head, oh, some yellow yeah. spots. That's the one I think I'm most familiar with, I think because it's on uh, the original run of Planet Earth. <laughs> they have oh. a bombardier. I think that's, in my mind, what is implanted in there when you say bombardier beetle. I think it's just this one scene from Planet Earth where he's like, don't do it, bro. Don't do it, bro. Then, <laughs> Well, he, it's, it's, that's the one where the beetle, so some of these beetles can really swivel their abdomens. So that I think that one swivels its abdomen under its body, right? And sprays forward. Yes, I believe so. Is that so. the scene? Yeah. Some of them will just turn their body around like a skunk and spray at you that way. But other species can tuck under and spray forward. Oh, so they're quite, so you're even coming from any angle, it's going to get yeah. you. It's coming for you. It's kind of cool how uh, they're pretty, like I said, they're pretty versatile, um, which is interesting. 
Oh, yeah, Derek has pulled up the scene for us, but I think I put it in the Bombardier Beetle channel. Yeah, yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what I think of when you say Bombardier <laughs> Beetle, is this one spraying it, like, through his own front legs. Gwacha! Well, this this spray is so effective. Um, it's not not only, like, toads or mammals, but if it, if that hot spray would have hit an ant, it would kill the ant. So, oh yeah, that's I had remember ants are pretty rough on other species, predator wise. Oh yeah, that's true. They do like to gang up <laughs> on other bugs. They're like, surprise, you have no legs now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I I guess I hadn't thought about like again being influenced by this planet Earth scene that a bigger creature comes to try and eat this this beetle, but. Mm-hmm against other creatures its own size that must be devastating oh yeah imagine getting hot hot liquid on you from a basically from a garden hose if you can compare uh, it size wise right for us i think garden hose would be kind yeah of similar. A, a just a garden hose of of spray all over you and it's again not only boiling not only acidic but boiling acid <laughs> yeah it oh my god i can't imagine i've never i don't know that i've ever really seen a bombardier beetle i probably have and just didn't didn't notice maybe thank goodness because um you Pretty know i don't yet. want 100 degrees celsius or what's that in fahrenheit 200 i think 212 two, maybe 210 20 somewhere yeah, around there yeah, i think yeah. it's around 210 bad. <laughs> yeah like so we'll say about 210 degrees fahrenheit liquid stuff on me no thanks i'll I'll pass but some of them do look familiar so the american bombardier beetle burkinus fumans which is all over north america they i think they're the black ones with the red with the red heads and i think i've seen those before they're super common so is this unique to the bombardier beetle or they just perfected the game they're just the best at it they so this this shooting hot hot caustic liquid is a bombardier beetle trait but there have been other it's not like we we haven't had examples of beetles exuding something caustic or um beetles creating pressure in their bodies to to shoot liquids that's that's all that's all been done before in the land of beetles this is just a really kind of extreme, very specific process happening in the bombardier beetle, but with all the parts from other other species, other groups. He's Cactus. just the the goat of he's the goat acid yeah. in your face. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I'm hard pressed to think of another insect that is quite this impressive in its its uh, defense properties. So we've been seeing it as he sprays sh- it at you. He. Or she, they, whoever they, the ladies who, whomever are involved this bug well. chooses to be. <laughs> um, so we've been saying it as a spray, but mm-hmm. is it? So you said that it also like vaporizes. So is it like a puff of don't breathe um, me gas, or is it just like no? It's it's liquid. So it vaporizes. It part of their reaction that the reaction vaporizes part of the liquid inside the abdomen, and that vaporization is what creates pressure. So the pressure forces out the remaining liquid. Okay, so it's more of like a steam. It's like a little steam engine. Situation. Yeah, yeah steam. I was going to say steam engine, but then I was like, crap, what if I don't know how steam engines work? <laughs> <laughs> what, if, what if I'm just assuming the wrong thing about steam engines? So just like a little tea kettle in there. Then rather than delicious tea. Yeah. Once again, boiling acid to the face. Boiling acid, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just like that. Because... We see that with the, we talked about spiders and their hydraulic legs. Mm-hmm. That muscles is not what bugs rely on to make anything happen, really. Well, um, insects insects are they they do have. I'm hesitant to call it musculature because it's not the same. But um, I'm trying to think of a way. Yeah, because insects are not hydraulic. That is just a spider trait. Oh, but okay. There, but there is pressure involved uh, with hemolymph. But it's not. It's not. It's not like a hydraulic thing, like spiders. But, so the, the insects are moving around. coming up over and over. Like the they pressure the hemolymph through their joints. If as a ladybug, right. they pressure the acid. They 
they use pressure rather than i just think of animals like mammals in particular as kind of meaty things and a bug is not meaty <laughs> at all and i think that's really the difference between lifestyle choices well, this uh, comes down to how meaty you are a, a bug is an arthropod think about how meaty a crab or a lobster is they're just oh, cousins yeah. Right. I guess that's true. You've really got to get into a crab before you find any meat at all. And, and, and their their legs are meaty. Yeah. yeah. So I haven't mm. had crab since I was a little kid. I'm not a not a seafood fan. Oh well, when you come to Portland, maybe we'll <laughs> toss ourselves over yeah. the ocean, and you can you can see the cheese factory and have some crab. I. I would love this. So I've talked to Derek about this before, that I want to go to the cheese factory, but my husband does not want to be in a car for an hour on vacation. Wow. Sounds like he can stay home then. <laughs> stay home and watch we the cats. We all see the cheese and the best ice cream flavor of all time. What's that? I'm not a big chocolate fan. Let me say. My husband, huge chocolate fiend. We talked about it in the chocolate midge episode that I like. I'm okay with chocolate, but I, I, you know, I'm not like losing my mind about it. But the best flavor of ice cream, Tillamook ice cream, uh, it is called Tillamook Mudslide, and it is just chocolate ice cream with just like rivers of chocolate through it. It is the oh. ultimate breakup ice cream. Like, <laughs> Sounds delicious. So good. And I can only ever have it when I go to the cheese factory, which is really a dairy factory, if we're being honest. <laughs> cheese is more fun to say. Uh, yeah. 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 Because otherwise... It would be a problem in my life because it is so tasty. It sounds good. I I love chocolate. I'm a I'm a big chocolate fan. Well, get thee to the cheese factory so you <laughs> may have some mudslide. I want to. We'll we'll see. We'll see. I know I'm not gonna be able to convince him, but maybe if it helps, it's a very nice drive. The drive along the Oregon coast is very beautiful. It's a oh, I'm sure. It's a very sure. relaxing drive. It's just through the woods, so it's just trees, 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 trees. Oh, I'm at the beach. Which <laughs> maybe this is a difference between how we speak. We don't call it the beach here in Oregon. We call it the coast. Oh, we call really it the beach. It's well, New Jersey is full of real beaches, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, our sand is uh, rocky, wet always. Oh. <laughs> Oh boy, yeah. The tourist towns you'll have a deeper, a deeper beach where it's dry at the top, but our beach is very wet compared, I think, to other beaches. <laughs> our tide is quite extreme. Mm. You get a lot of, a lot of tide pools. Good tide pool area if you're interested. Oh, in... I love a tide pool. You can find the coolest little wildlife in a tide pool. Our famous rock is called Cannon Beach Rock, and the rock itself is Haystack Rock. I think it technically has a better name than that, but we all call it Haystack Rock because it just looks like a big haystack. And it is a great place to go tiding, if you don't mind, a little bit of crowds because it's a nice spot, right? You're going to run out of people. Can you change but, the name to Bombardier Rock? Oh my gosh, Cannon Beetle, Cannon Rock. <laughs> my gosh, the connections they make themselves. Wah, wah, wah. Uh, but they have a huge amount of puffins there if you're ever wanted to see West Coast puffins. Would I where... ever? I've never seen a puffin. <laughs> You've never seen a puffin? They're good. Seen I like them. I mean, I in a zoo, but it's not the same. Yeah. It's not. We have an Oregon Coast Aquarium that also has puffins. And I always forget how teeny tiny a puffin is until I see one. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, they're like quite small. They're like scrub jay sized. They're little. Oh, babies. they're that small? They're, wow. I think I'd say they're a little bit bigger than a scrub jay, but they're small. I mean, they're like Cornish hens. Last time I was in Portland, I was so ex I was so excited to see a scrub jay because we don't have those here. Oh, those little jerks! <laughs> they're loud, very they're loud. I don't know if I've loud. ever told this story before. It's very possible I have on the podcast. You'll hear it again. Uh, my cat. I had a cat for many years, and he was very good at catching birds, but not great at killing birds. And one of the creatures he brought inside is a scrub jay. And for those of you who don't have scrub jays, they make this noise, which I don't want to replicate because it will blow out my microphone, but it is horrible. It's, it's like, I'll do it very quietly. Boa, boa, boa. But except for at a volume previously unknown. It's so loud. And so my husband and I come home and our cat has brought home like a gift for us. Thank you. 
and it's a live scrub jay and it's just flapping around our tiny apartment just oh no <laughs> blah, 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 blah. and so we're like we're opening all the windows we're opening all the doors we're trying to chase it out the cat's like why don't you like my gift i brought it specifically for you <laughs> as they do as as they do and like oh. ever since then i've been like low-key <laughs> angry at scrub jays <laughs> but that's that scrub jay was a hostage uh, I, you know, reverse Jay was the victim in this. <laughs> Your <laughs> reverse Stockholm syndrome. I'm mad at the victim in this one. Sorry, because he like comes for your face as he, as you're trying to rescue him. He's like well, he's scared. I'm, he doesn't know what's yeah, going on. I know, but I'm, just, I'm just gonna say, how dare you, Amanda? <laughs> I, fair, you know. I I'm not a perfect person. There's many things I wish I didn't do, and. Uh, being angry at scrub jays may be one of them <laughs> <laughs> but i hear they're really smart you know they're one of those they corvids are. yeah all so, corvids are are pretty intelligent not smart enough to get out of my house in an orderly fashion <laughs> we have blue jays over here do you guys have blue jays we do have blue jays but no, i believe they are oh we don't but we don't have the the beautiful blue i think we just have scrub jays that are blue oh no sense. blue jays is a particular species <laughs> yeah so, we don't have jay. we don't yeah. have the blue jay with like oh, the okay. crest they're and cute. the blue beautifulness we have stellar jays that's what you're thinking of oh i'm thinking of stellar jays okay well i'm not a bird aficionado i could see how it'd be easy to fall <laughs> that down was a long pause between i'm not a bird and aficionado <laughs> I'm not a bird. I'm not a bird. I'm a regular human. I am definitely not multiple birds stacked inside of a Dutch brother's sweater. Well, now I'm not so sure. Well, you know, oh, although I've been I'm accused not of being on a podcast to learn about the bugs I should or shouldn't eat because I am not a bird. Well, bird Amanda, do not eat the bombardier beetle. I will not. This is going on my no. Thank Don't you do that. They will explode, apparently, in my stomach to the point where I regurgitate my own stomach and scrape it out, which is a horrible thing. <laughs> toads horrible. are weird. Toads are very weird. I wish I could do an episode on toads. I want to do an episode on everything. Bugs are not. Yeah. But, everything well, is so if we, interesting. If we frame it as a villain uh, to the bugs <laughs> that we have already done, we can sneak a toad in there. We can sneak a toad in. Um, well, another kind of cool thing about bombardier beetles speaking of um well i don't know if i'd call them villains but um so there are a couple tribes so tribes in taxonomy are uh, specific groups of usually linked genera that's jargony you don't have to worry about that no. um groups there are certain groups of bombardier beetles and they live with ants so they lay their eggs in the ant nest and the ants will feed and protect their larvae. There's a couple hypotheses on why why this is allowed to happen. Some is chemicals. The bombardier beetle may emit chemicals that are chemical cues that are similar to the ants. And um, others... Oh, tricksy. Very tricksy. Other than chemical cues kind of saying, I'm, I'm an ant too, the beetles have something called a stridulating organ, which the ants also have. And it's, it's an organ on their body that when they rub it, it creates a sound. And the beetle's sound and frequency, like the frequency and pulse pattern, mimics that of the ants. So it's kind of a, an auditorily, uh, auditory communication as well. So he's literally walking up to these ants and saying, me too, right, guys? Yeah. <laughs> me too, guys. Same. Right? It's just me. Same. <laughs> just just us ants here, he says. It's so cool. And the, the ants, and it's probably for protection, right? Because if you have an adult bombardier beetle hanging out in your ant colony, things are probably going to be less likely to attack you. Yeah. Um, some of your aunt brother, some of your aunt sisters are going to be probably vaporized in that spray, but maybe it's, as we know a with ants. A small price to pay <laughs> yeah. for the colony. It's worth it to protect the whole colony. Um, while So sometimes ants migrate nests, maybe they're outgrowing the nest or it's threatened or there's been a disease outbreak or something. Um, and these ants will actually grab the bombardier beetles antennae and pull them into the new nest, into the migration pattern. 
<laughs> so they oh, bring them with them. We got to bring old, old Explodey Joe with us. <laughs> Come on, dude. Come on. Explodey Joe. Is that our superhero's yeah. name? <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I've done some minor sketching here. Uh, just to catch you up on where I'm at. I've got a single big cannon over one shoulder. Oh, perfect. Uh, uh, with a backpack situation. Um, we've gone a little steampunk because of the, the, the <laughs> cannon felt very steampunk to me. And the steam production inside the abdomen. It, co- yes, correct. Which is being <laughs> represented by a uh, by a backpack in this case. Uh, you Mentioning the ants kind of makes me want to set him in the same universe as our pavement ant from episode... Hmm three maybe they have a uh, maybe they served together in their the ant wars <laughs> maybe. Uh, maybe there are a few maybe. different species of ant that that do this some of them are leaf cutter ants others are um oh, i don't remember what the other keep, keep the bombardier as a as a not quite pet guy yeah. it, <laughs> well i mean you could put yeah how do derek how would you add a little ant flavor to this this drawing uh, hold on, let me pull up the old ant episode artwork. You're usually better yeah. at that than I am. She's very classic hero. She's got the unitard. She's got one big robot arm. Yeah. <laughs> she's got grizzled, uh, she's grizzled battle looking. scars. She's got potato chips the size of a sleeping bag. Gotta have those snacks. Snacks on snacks on snacks. <laughs> I don't know. I think we just set them in the same universe. I think they're just bros. Yeah. I've assumed that all of these bugs are in the same universe. That's true. That's true. That that that's fair. They should all be in the same universe so that they can have epic crossover episodes. <laughs> One day, Amanda, you got to draw a whole comic based on uh, maybe the B team. <laughs> I think the, the B team is the seems like the most obvious. At least to do like a splash page poster of all of them. Oh, and they're that'd like, be fun. And we should definitely come up with some sort of villain character that they are consistently, you know, they're. What is it? <laughs> Rita Repulsa in Star Wars or Star Wars in Space Rangers? Not even Space Rangers, Power Rangers. Oh my gosh, I'm out of control. <laughs> it's very early on a Saturday, listener. Just so you know, please don't judge me too harshly. But it's, Rita Repulsa. It's, it's what noon here in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I think we talked in the last episode about bears being the obvious yeah. villain. Can you not, make a bear? Villain? Not enough bear-themed characters. It seems like such an obvious character. To we make talked it. about my great love of bears. We do. Boy, like, do I love, I love a, bear. a bear! I love a I bear. I think I cut most of that. Did you? Oh well, uh, well. <laughs> Those of you who don't know, we love a bear. Well, this we is love a bear bears. positive podcast. <laughs> We need a little t-shirts that say pollinator positive podcast. I, I, we need it. And we can use the, the little bee from, from the Halloween bumper. They're just like, wee! Oh, he's so cute. <laughs> but there are definitely, I think we could probably group several of the heroes together. The ant and the bombardier. The bee team, obviously. I want, yeah. obviously, I want the ladybug and Isabella Tigermoth to hang out. Oh, well, they're best friends. <laughs> I want I want a whole adventure of Wooly Bear where he says nothing because yeah. he cannot speak. All he says he is really grumble. Oh my I, god, I, I love, would love I a little I cartoon. This, I love a character that says nothing and yet people act like they can understand him. I don't yeah. know why that tickles me. He's really like does. he's the R2D2 of our universe. It's, exactly. I want him to say nom 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 and they're like, hmm, good point. <laughs> That's an exactly. excellent plan, Wooly Bear. <laughs> You're such a strategic mind, Wooly Bear. Oh, uh, producer Derek is recommending a jetpack. Oh, okay. Okay. Because okay. Bobby Deer Beetles can fly. Um, they're not great at it. <sighs> oh my gosh. So he's... Con- I'm they're sorry. not good just- at it. <laughs> None of them ever are. I think but- they prefer not to. So... I'm just imagining a scenario in which okay, so do they at least live alone? Do they at least other than the ants, yes, they live they alone. Live they alone. are okay. not colonial. I'm not gonna like accidentally. They're not walk gregarious into a like hive. ladybugs. No. Yeah. No. Can you imagine though? You're like walking through the forest. I walk through the forest, and you like part the leaves, part the branches of a willow tree, and the whole tree is just bombardier beetles, and they all turn their little buggy heads to look at you, and you know that you're about to And then to their eat. little buggy butts. And then their little buggy butts start to steam, like, like kettles. 
And then they all come at you. And you're like, well, I guess I'm about to be boiled to death. Boiled in acid. They do steam um, while they're while they're producing this, which is kind of cool. I mean, visually of such a strong oh, yeah. uh, bug. <laughs> Just like, bam, there he goes. Uh, adult bombardier beetles are pretty omnivorous. They'll eat other insects. They eat um, fruit, decaying plant matter. They'll eat basically anything. They're like little little trash cans walking around but the larvae the larvae are really weird um so i mentioned the ant the ant thing so the ants will feed some some of their larvae other species there's one where they hang out at a river a riverbed waiting for aquatic beetles to emerge so some a beetle some beetles have aquatic um, larval stages we have we talked about the aquatic larval stage we haven't talked much about any bugs that live on the water and it feels like we definitely need to like get a water skipper oh, yeah. in there or something yeah yeah we'll get a water skipper or a boatman or something but these these beetles their larvae will crawl out of the river and then they have to pupate so they'll go kind of go under a rock and they'll oh, no. become pupa well our friend the bombardier beetle larvae which looks a lot like other beetle larvae but their legs are a little longer they're a lot more mobile um they can move around and um they will go find this pupa and then start eating it. So rude. So <laughs> rude. <laughs> and the bombardier beetle larvae larva will go from go through all of its instars, through so all of its stages, eating one larva from this other species. It'll molt, and then when it comes out of the molt, it'll keep eating that one pupa, and then it'll molt again until eventually the bombardier beetle is ready to pupate too. But it just eats one one other larva, which is kind of interesting. Just that one just is one. enough to satiate. Uh, yeah. At least I guess they're not murdering multiple Tons. dudes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's another type, another uh, group, where they will lay there. The female will find a cricket hole. So mole crickets will, will make little burrows to live in and then lay their eggs. The bombardier beetle it's female mole. mole looks for one of these these dens, lays her eggs with the mole cricket eggs, the bombardier beetle larvae will hatch and then eat all of the cricket eggs. So there's there's like a lot going on with how the larvae find food. I mean, we said that we thought they were friends with ant, but this is some villainous behavior. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> it's it's a lot. Uh, that, um, it's so interesting though, isn't it? Choices like, happening of murder. That's a lot of different um, survival strategies for yeah, one. It's a lot. Taxon, the, you know? the specialization of I both explode and I'm also a, a cuckooer. What is it? Cuckolding all these other bugs <laughs> via murder. It's fascinating. It's um, ruthless out there for a bombardier beetle. I must have downloaded 10 journal articles on bombardier beetles, even beyond once, the, once our show notes were finished and I, I knew I could hopefully talk about this with some expertise i just kept reading about them because they were so fascinating i mean the ability to explode acid out of you is really Again, so not not acid to... it's not acid okay i'm sorry the ability <laughs> to explode boiling hot caustic material yeah, that's better yeah. <laughs> i just it's don't want to confuse anyone to... thinking yeah. it's acid yeah yeah I get it. Acid sounds more like something we can wrap our heads around. Right. Yeah. It's just something that, that I'm familiar with. I'm familiar with what acid does. And it sounds an awful lot like this does what acid does. <laughs> I don't need a chemist a chemist adding us oh, for, for... Actually. Yes. Well, yeah, actually, that's fair. I'll actually for, for them here in the podcast. So if they've got all this, not acid, but close to acid, mm -hmm. sitting inside of them, how do they not get hurt hmm. by it if so, it's just sitting in there so first of all the hydrogen peroxide and the hydro hydroquinine quinine hydroquinine are sitting in glands so they're excreted through glands into this chamber where they kind of mix together and that causes a very mild reaction it's not much uh, the explosion happens when they are pushed into a secondary chamber chamber which is lined with uh, catalase and a catalase just starts the starts the reaction basically. I'm not going to 
discuss a lot of chemistry here because that can be both confusing and boring. <laughs> so the <laughs> catalase makes the reaction happen. But that chamber is also lined with protective cells. So the, the and it shuts off. There's like a, so inside an insect's abdomen, everything is kind of connected, but there's a valve. So as the pressure increases, that valve closes and it protects their vital organs. So they don't get steamed or, um, you know, because you don't want that goop inside your body. It's only in a special right. chamber in the beetle. Okay, so they're, it's, it's they're waiting to combine the necessary elements. <laughs> yeah, until, yeah. They're not just walking around with boiling liquid in their abdomen uh, all mean, the time. I feel like that's fair. <laughs> so wait, it reminds me of a movie that I believe is not well remembered or uh, fondly remembered, but it was, what was it called? It was called like Rain of Fire or something like that. Oh, but I remember had... Rain of Fire. Oh, okay, dragons? great. So they had yeah. they had these dragons and the drag, I just thought the fire was such an interesting way to do the fire where it seemed to have, to my memory, which I haven't watched this movie in forever, but they would shoot two different liquids and they would meet and that's what would make the fire for the dragon rather than the dragon mythically breathing this magical fire it like kind of made a chemical reaction in the dragon's mouth and that was what caused the fire so that's what it reminds me of but this i wonder if they got that from the bombardier beetle you know bro i think you (laughs) may be right i think we can find the the, maybe they had a science consultant you know um lots of these movies have science consultants who will help create a more realistic type of magic even you know right right the realms of physics and all hollywood i'm here for you if you would like to hire me <laughs> she's here as you're saying i'm also talking. here if you for <laughs> characterization needs hire both of us we're a team uh-huh. uh, one of my <laughs> memories came up the other day and it was like uh me being a pretentious college student but it was like oh nothing annoys me more than historical inaccuracies that a quick google search could have solved <laughs> And while pretentious <laughs> college me is being pretentious, but also I feel like she's right. Like, please just yeah. Google the stuff in your it's so easy before you just present it as like. And then um, there was Velociraptors in Regency era Europe, of course, as there, as there always has been. You're like, ah, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I it, it does make me a little bit annoying too when I see things like that. Dirk's. Derek's little messages are. Oh, he, he had to know about what the what the fire and the rain of fire was. The mechanism of dragon's fire breath in this movie, oh, inspired by the biology the of beetle. real life creatures, such as anti predator adaption of the bombardier beetle and the poison glands of vipers, because they are very you know lizardy, reptiley things. Dragons also used in later works such as Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows, Part One. Gods of Egypt and Game of Thrones. Because, yeah, they don't really ever justify the fire breath in Game of Thrones. They're like, and he breathes fire. It's a dragon. Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I feel like we don't have to explain how dragon how dragons breathe fire. It's fantasy. Just let them breathe fire. Just let them breathe fire. I don't fire. need it. They're magical creatures. They breathe fire. It's fine. Yeah. Just call it magic. I, just, I like the rain of fire thing because I, while I often will uh, rail against the need to hyper-realize things that, that don't need realism... Like, stop doing that. It's fine. It's a fantasy thing. Yeah. It's fine. You don't need to justify it. I just thought that that one particular instance I thought was an interesting justification of how a dragon breathes fire. That's fun. That is fun. I like that. I completely forgot about that in that movie. I haven't uh, seen that movie I know in like nothing else years. about that movie. All I remember <laughs> is that they had this like dual liquid system to breathe fire. I remember nothing else. <laughs> Literally oh. a blank. Oh, yeah. Well, that film came out in 2002, so I was right about 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. I think that's the last time I watched it. Yeah. Clearly, the only impression it made on me was the creature design. Uh, if you ever want a good time, Kelly, you should Google. <laughs> Here's my ADHD at work mm-hmm. that I've jumped to a completely only tangentially related topic. If you ever want a good time, Google Corgi half mix or Corgi mix, mm-hmm. and it's just. Other dogs that have no legs. It's so good. <laughs> Somehow the corgi trait is that they don't have don't legs. It's the one thing they always pass down. Oh, that's so funny. No yeah, I've seen some stumpy looking dogs and they must be part corgi because they have uh, little I, tiny legs. 
I think it was Derek's ex-girlfriend had a dog that looked like just like a regular black lab that someone had taken out at the knees. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay. Where's the rest of your dog? <laughs> Amanda, how's your drawing going? <laughs> oh, uh, let me uh, toss his sketch form over to the art here. So what what abilities are we giving our bombardier beetle? So like I, I gave it the big cannon, and I've given kind of a jetpack situation, mm-hmm. and I've kind of limited it to those two things. I have given him a expression that I think would be fitting of someone who had murdered a child, but <laughs> <laughs> but only as a is child, he definitely as a, a villain. We're, we're going. With I don't know. Maybe he is a villain, but I, I maybe he's. I mean, we did kind of a military background for. Uh, Oh, for the, for the ant. So maybe like a and hired, hired hand. So he might. Like a merc. Right. A maybe he lives in that gray zone yeah. of like, I've done horrible things, but I did it for good reasons. Or maybe I did horrible things, but I did it for a price. Yeah. You know, he, like no one's inviting this guy to Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a code. Maybe he's like the Punisher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His code is spray caustic <laughs> material on other things. That's the code. It's a fine code. Fine code to live by. Yeah, I'm saving it as bomb beetle because I'm not positive I could spell bombardier on the first try. <laughs> A-R-D-I-E-R. Bombardier. It's too late. It's already yeah. bomb beetle. It's, <laughs> it's already bomb beetle. I should have changed it to the cannon beetle. But bomb beetle is better. You know I it love is alliteration. Better. Yeah. And let me toss this into discord and i'll add the hard lines so you can tell what's actually going on <laughs> i forgot he was steampunk that was a surprise <laughs> <laughs> that was a surprise oh yeah he's good what what kind of color are you going to use on this i think i'll go with uh because i guess i'm biased because it's the one i knew as a kid the um yellow and brown version mm. oh my screen just there we go I, my toes touched a chord the chant of my screen was like how dare you <laughs> so the like you said there's a lot of varieties mm-hmm. uh, googling it gets like the yellow and black the there's an orange, orange and, black. and black yeah there was like you said there was that one kind of shiny green one mm-hmm. that very reminiscent of the emerald ash borer maybe that's the connection really <laughs> this is he's friends with the emerald ash borer <laughs> and the ant he lives between those two worlds because the EAB was definitely a villain. Oh, totally. 100% Hard not to be a villain when you have a chainsaw for a hand. Yeah, you can see Derek shared a photo of the green, the metallic green color. Yeah. They're very pretty. It's really beautiful. Yeah. That that one particular green with the shiny seems to be a recurring color I see on a lot of beetles. And I wonder if it's just that that's an easy color to make. <laughs> Well, it's not, remember... Or just useful. Remember when I talked about this with the Emerald Ash Borer, and I think it was that episode, it's not making a color, it's it's reflective divots. Right. In the... And they want to be green, I assume, because... It's the angle. Trees are green. It's the... Well, it's... Yeah, yeah, they want to blend in. Um, but the... Oh, yeah, the way the light it's angles. also possible that just, just the, the camera captures, right? Because I've heard uh, that, like, in-person kingfishers are beautiful but for some reason when you try to take a picture of them they look brown um i don't know if that's true that's just what i've heard about the bird the kingfisher i mean yeah some kingfishers are usually really vibrant their chest is a little bit brown uh depending on the species if i'm thinking of the one that you're thinking of the common kingfisher right where they're kind of metallic green yeah 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 um, but their their chest is a little bit brown. I don't know. I'm I'm looking at a photo right now, and it looks pretty green to me. And you and you can tell that it's come metallic. A long way <laughs> with photographs. In, in photographs, photo. I mean, photography is another one of those interesting histories. And as an art historian, obviously, I I happen to know more about it than the average person. But the color fidelity has always kind of been this struggle with photography, doing their best to get, you know. I, you try to take a picture of your dress and send it to your mom so she can match. Oh yeah. It's impossible. A, a wedding or whatever. And it, it's just never the right color on your screen. And wait, wait, why wait, is that? Wait. Why it seems so simple. It should just go right to the screen. But do you it, try it to match your dress to your mom's dress when you go to weddings? Is that a, 
Only if we're like Is also thing? part of the bridal party. <laughs> Not just like for fun, <laughs> like a regular like wedding where you're like a guest. wearing like, right, 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 right. Well, we <laughs> not to get too personal on the cast as always, but uh, all of my siblings have had blue in their wedding oh. scheme, with the exception of Derek, and so we all just wore blue to Derek's wedding anyway. <laughs> fun facts. <laughs> Derek, how did you feel about that? No, he didn't notice because he didn't have it. He he had a very small, low key sort of, you know, very Derek wedding. All of our weddings were very indicative of who we are as people. Mm. Like, if you can take a snapshot of each of our weddings, you're like, ah, see, I now I understand who you are. <laughs> yeah, I think ours kind of was too. Weddings are pretty personal. The best weddings are if you're having a wedding. L- listen to me. If you're planning a wedding right now, it's January, so maybe some of you guys got engaged over the holiday break. Here's some advice from me, an old married lady to you, (laughs) someone who's about to plan a wedding. Do not worry about making it perfect. What you should be concerned about is does it feel like you guys as a couple? At my wedding, we had a groom's cake. It was a professional wrestling groom's cake. (laughs) Sounds awesome. (laughs) Was it fancy? No. Was it expensive? Yes. But was it fancy? No. Yeah. Don't don't follow wedding trends. The group. Do the thing that you want to do. Don't follow the trends. Do what feels like you guys. I will say you should pick a theme, uh, a, a theme, an aesthetic that you're going for, because that will make the whole thing look really nice. Yeah. And if you care about photos, do that. My biggest advice, <laughs> sorry that we've accidentally become a wedding <laughs> podcast. My biggest advice would to you, someone who's about to plan a wedding, pick three things that are important to you. Have your intended spouse also pick three things. If you are close with your parents and they are involved in the wedding, have them also pick three things and have those three things be the things that need to matter and everything else can go wrong and it will be fine. I think that's very fair. That's fair advice. For me, it was I wanted the right dress. I wanted good pictures and I wanted, uh, I think that was it. I, those are really the two things I cared about. <laughs> and, that, and that the people I cared about get to come. So- as long as my dress was okay, I got to pick the dress I wanted. And as long as <laughs> the, the photography was good, everything else could go wrong and I would have been okay. And that is just how you have to look at the day. Because if you're <laughs> trying to get every single thing perfect, you, can. you will stress yourself to death yeah, you and you can. will not enjoy your own wedding. It's a party for and about you. You should be the one enjoying it the most. Yeah, don't be all stressed. And if something goes wrong, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, I'm the same. I wanted a, a dress, like the perfect dress. And I wanted everyone to come. And, um, oh, I wanted the food to be good. It was really important to me that the food was good. because the Food was on Cody's yes, list. The- <laughs> that was his three things. I think were food, uh, guestage. I don't even remember what his last thing was. My, you know? my husband like, wanted a you- carrot cake for our wedding cake. Which is a little we had unusual. spice cake. Did you? Ooh, spice cake. Yeah. Spice cake is just carrot cake without the without carrots. Without the carrots. If I'm yeah. honest. Uh, it was delicious. The thing that went wrong at our wedding, there was a couple of things that go wrong. Things go wrong. You know, someone forgets their shoes. Uh, the, the flower girl's hair isn't right. You know, whatever it is. Things go wrong. It's fine. The big thing that almost caused my mother to have a heart attack at our wedding was that she called the bakery the day of. Or maybe it was the day before <laughs> to like arrange the cake getting dropped off mm-hmm. at the venue and the bakery that we had used had closed as in gone out of business What? and they had not informed us that after they, they took your money business. after to they make took a cake. Oh and my we, God. I, I didn't know about this till like several days later because mother kept it from me. She was like, she doesn't even know. She doesn't mm-hmm. even know. So my mom's just like, you know, freaking out that you know, on this phone call oh yeah we're closed we we went out of business two months ago or whatever it turns out that they were fulfilling all the orders they had made <laughs> they just, and they, when they just were taking new orders <laughs> you can imagine the panic <laughs> oh my god that's terrifying we i think for mine really the only problem was it's called hanks there it was a <laughs> hanks bakery we had a bagpiper at our wedding that played <gasps> how fun it was awesome and he played was that your scottish heritage it was it was, it was from my grandmother who um unfortunately she was very sick and couldn't make my wedding so that really sucked but 
we, we had a bagpiper and he played as all the guests. Yeah, I cursed. I cursed. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you can cut that out. Um, so we had a bagpiper and he played while the guests came in. And then when he was time for him to go. Oh, and he played me down the aisle, which was really cool. Yeah, um, obviously. <laughs> and then uh, no one brought the money to pay the bagpiper. <laughs> and I had like He's a gonna... panic attack about it. And I was like, someone's got to pay him. He just, he just did the job. Someone's got to pay this. Oh, my God. I go, who's going to how come no one has the money? Who was in charge of the money? Because it wasn't supposed to be me. Um, Obviously, you don't have pockets. You're wearing I'm, a very fancy yeah, dress. I'm like corseted into this dress. There is no room. <laughs> anything. I'll have to show you my dress. Any sometime. dollar bills. Yeah. <laughs> and um, but eventually that was that was solved. But that made me very upset because I'm I wanted to you know the man did a job. <laughs> you gotta pay him. The the, the man needs paid. Yeah. <laughs> I've got some rapscallion going around trying to rob bagpipers. My good and local. <laughs> Backpiper, <laughs> but it was cool. Our, our first dance song was to the theme to Jurassic Park, played on like I think it's called the, like a melodic. I'm, I'm laughing, like but this... I love that so much. Actually, that's fantastic. <laughs> but, you know, just like imagine it played on a harp. You know, do, do, do. oh, beautiful. Do, do, do. And like the funnest part of it, Cody and I both love Jurassic Park. It's like one of our favorite movies. Me too. Um, but. To watch the people at our wedding, like, kind of slowly realize that they know this song <laughs> from somewhere it was so good. <laughs> like, wait, wait a second. This, this is the theme from Jurassic Park? <laughs> like, yes, yes, it is. When I, when I was dancing with my dad, um, the song was a little longer. Um, I, I did White Horses by uh, Tori Amos. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, the song was longer than I kind of wanted. So we're, we're dancing and like every couple of seconds, I'm like, Dad, are you done? Can we be done dancing? Can we, go, can we be done? Can we like this? go do something else? You know? And he's he's like laughing and he goes, Look at your mother. Look at your mother right now. So I look over and my mom is bawling. Like, bawling. Oh, of course, of course. She's so happy. Yeah, she's so happy. She's a cry. My my brother's like trying to comfort her or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. Um, like, he goes, okay, mom. Well, my dad's like, we can't, we can't stop dancing. She's crying so much. And he was, <laughs> we, we have to, we have to <laughs> see this through. He's just laughing and I'm laughing. And then I had to tell him, please stop making me laugh because you're going to ruin my makeup. <laughs> you're going to ruin my expensive makeup. <laughs> but then eventually I just said, we're done dancing now. <laughs> and we we're stopped done, we're done. before the song ended because it was too long. <laughs> yeah. Dancing with people, I, because we're not a very touchy touchy family. Like we don't, hug or anything (laughs) which we could get into like (laughs) that whole thing but uh so like dancing with my dad was like oh we don't ever like hold hands or anything (laughs) and now we're like holding hands in front of everyone 200 people that we know (laughs) (laughs) it is a weird tradition I think it's a weird tradition. It, to have it's to very dance with based in the patriarchy. Yeah. So you know how I yeah. feel about it. <laughs> and I come from a very huggy, touchy, kissy family. So it wasn't weird for me to dance with him. But it's a, it was weird for me to have all that attention. Everyone looking yeah. at you for like all day. Too much. It was too much for me. Too much. I too had much. too much to drink because there was too many eyes on me. <laughs> I, I gotta stay alert. <laughs> whoops nope <laughs> but when, yeah weddings are weddings can be fun if you don't let them make you crazy or upset. yeah so uh some accidental advice from us here on the from from your internet moms yeah. we want you to know this is the wedding episode this is the wedding episode bombardier beetle walking down the aisle bombardier beetle explosive the wedding night was amazing <laughs> explosive <laughs> oh i'm not gonna say what i was thinking <laughs> not appropriate i know I, I am always skirting really close to these uh really <laughs> so other than as a as a groom how would you give the bombardier beetle <laughs> on a scale of one to six give me those legs how many legs oh um uh i have i don't know maybe four four i'm gonna give him four four legs because it's almost cheating to be that good at predator avoidance yeah we talked about how specialized he is he's the best at what he does and what he does is explode 
And it feels like that's really, 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 really cool. So I want to give him a lot of likes because that's really, really cool. But I'm just not sure how uh, useful this book is. <laughs> so I, I, I'll give it, I'll give it three, maybe three and a half legs. Just because I think it's so cool, but I also feel like it just really does that one thing. It's, I, I don't know, the, the, the ant thing's pretty cool. I'll go up to four. I'll you're give it a solid four. four. You're going to go all the way up to four? I'm going to go all the way up to four. Uh, fair. So I think, I think we're matched on the, on the four legs. Hold on, I'm adding, I'm adding extra screws. Oh, okay. Because this is a steampunk situation here. And you gotta have unnecessary rivets in every single moment that you can i don't have any like just floating screws that's the thing about like <laughs> spirit halloween you'll see like steampunk hat and it's just a hat with screws like or gears glued to it and you're like it's not just it's not just about the gears it's that the gears are doing things but yeah they should be spinning like spinning cool. something right yeah 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 well i think we could get i'm not a steampunk aficionado but i believe the idea is kind of the what if we'd not burned coal what if we'd stuck with steam <laughs> like how would the world be different okay uh i'm not sure what else our little guy needs here we've got the big backpack full of caustic liquids we've got a uh what's the word i'm looking for we've got a big water cannon we've got the top hat we've got a fancy coat that has brown and yellow details that i haven't added yet He's a little steampunky guy, and he's got a questionable moral <laughs> moral code. He does. He absolutely does. Uh, you know, they can't all they can't all be operating on the true blue here. We all, sometimes they gotta have a code of their own. All right, let's look at him. Oh, he looks excellent. <laughs> I love his little cannon. It's got steam coming out of it. It's great. Actually, steam all over it. That's adorable. Yeah, he's very yeah, steampunky. Uh, feel free to imagine that every time he walks, it makes like a terrible rattling. That's his signal to the ants that he's one of them. Is the horrible <laughs> rattling noise he makes. <laughs> oh, it's perfect. He looks Me wonderful. Me too, right, fellow kids? Maybe. Hey, fellow ants. Hey, fellow ants. It's just me, your buddy, your pal. They're like, all right, let him in. <laughs> I like to think the ants know, but they're like, oh, just let him think that. Should we ask Rotunda her opinion? Rotunda. You probably shouldn't. She's licking herself. <laughs> uh, well, we hope you'll join us in the new year, you guys. And we think you we hope you had happy holidays. Happy holidays. And, uh, happy holidays to whatever you celebrate. We love you. We we bug you. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how it goes? Hopefully not too much. <laughs> Hopefully we don't bug you too much and you'll come again. Uh, see you next time. Bye. Bugs Need Heroes is created by Derek Conrad and Kelly Zimmerman. Hosted by Amanda Allen Nide and Kelly Zimmerman. Bugs Need Heroes is produced and edited by Derek Conrad. Our music is Ladybug Castle by Roll Music. All character art by Amanda Allen Nide. Got a bug question? Email us at bugsneedheroes at gmail.com. Check us out on bugsneedheroes.com for the visual companion to our episodes with the artwork of the bug-related heroes. We also have an Instagram, Twitter, and subreddit under the Bugs Need Heroes name. Thanks for coming by.